All right. Welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast, a podcast for fathers by fathers, uh, where we talk about the four pillars of fatherhood, which are faith, family, finance, and fitness. And uh, you guys got a couple of weeks of me talking to you. Now you get to get a guest. And I know you guys always enjoy having a guest on to, to hear somebody else's voice talk about fatherhood. So I'm excited to have this guest today. And I know you guys normally, if you guys watch the podcast, you normally see me in like a, a Forfeit Fatherhood hoodie or maybe a, a father figure tee. Uh, but I actually have on one of my favorite polos. And I got to be honest, man, these are some of the best. I think I told you it's the best feeling polos I've ever worn. And I've worn a lot of polos as a coach. Like on the sideline, I've had a lot of game day polos. This is like by far the softest, comfortable. Like anyway, uh, I have on my and it's Tuesday. So I got on my Taco Tuesday Forefathers polo. And uh, I got with me Nick Scrivens, the the CEO and owner of Forefathers. I'm excited to talk to him today. How you doing, Nick? I'm I'm doing great. I, I will say to all your audience out there, that is true because you specifically even texted me that that after you got the polo. So I appreciate the kind words. Uh, uh, truly, thank you. No, it's 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 true, man. Like I've had, like I said, a lot of polos and uh, major brands and all this stuff, and they're like itchy or they're like firm or they're stiff, and this one feels like it feels to me almost like a a workout shirt. You know what I mean? Like, not like a compression shirt, but like a really comfortable, like it just lays on you just right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, where you, you go out and you buy something, you buy some clothes and you, they just lay on you just the right way. Like, I was like, oh man, I'm about to wear this every chance I get. Yeah. You know, in, in um, while Frankensteining the polo together, we thought, you know, keep it athletic up top to remind us of our glory days. So that tight feel to make it, you know, seem like we still got it. And then a little bit of forgiving down in the belly area for these <laughs> days of dad bod. So, uh, yeah, it took a lot of uh, time and effort. Uh, uh, thank you for the, the response. But, yeah, I think it's just been a really cool transition in all of clothing. You're seeing various brands pop up with this type of material that that that's that hugs you and loves you. But you're not going to necessarily sweat. Um, it's not going to stick to you. It's not going to show your armpit stain. So that's really important. But you know, just going to the polo itself. Not to talk too much about the product, but uh, the biggest thing for us was the collar, right? And uh, to make sure it never fades or falters. You can wash this with anything. And one of the best kind of uh, one-line marketing uh, slogans from a customer was. I wear your polos all the time. I travel all the time and I love them because I don't even have to fold them. I just throw them in the suitcase and whip them right out. They're uh, wrinkle resistant. So, uh, but yeah, it's, um, if you're, if you're not accustomed to wearing a lot of polos, um, I, I truly think you'd be surprised about the feel uh, of forefathers polos and some of the competitors that are out there too. Uh, it's just a really cool, easygoing uh, polo that, you know, makes average guys like me look just a little bit better. So uh, we, we, that's how we, uh, you know, make them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't traveled with them yet, but I am headed, headed to Dallas this weekend. So maybe I'll ball it up and throw it in the suitcase just so I can pull it out and see what we look like on, on Saturday. Hey, <laughs> that's awesome. I'll give you our Lone Star polo too, which is Dallas focused. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And I do like the collar, right? Like I've had, you know, again, polos and you, you wash them a couple of times, you get what we used to call a bacon neck. Whereas it's yep. all it's all rolled up and you know it's, it sits nice and it's it's cut well like all right enough about the, well, I'm sure we'll come back to them right we'll come back to them but I, enough of me flattering you about the polos those they are really nice though fellas they are really nice uh, so Nick t just tell us a little bit about yourself maybe uh, maybe how you how you got into to uh, to forefathers 
Yeah, so I'm an East Coast cat, uh, born and raised in Maryland. I went to school in Philadelphia. Uh, con- was confused as a freshman, thought I could ball out on the football field. Uh, that was very far from the truth. And then came home, picked up golf, finished uh, my college years on the golf course, which was a little bit better suiting. Uh, shortly thereafter, I got a cliche phone call from the best friend. Was like, hey, Scrave, you trying to move up to Brooklyn? And mind you, at that time, I was living in my parents' basement. And then I was slinging drinks behind the bar at California Pizza Kitchen. So okay. living in Brooklyn on the floor with uh, no door and, uh, you know, mice all around you. It just made sense uh, being a 22 year old uh, <laughs> with nothing in front of them. Uh, but after five years of living in Brooklyn and terrorizing the city with everybody else, uh, flip the coin. I was either going to go to Scottsdale, Arizona, follow my uh, my sales career or try something totally spontaneous and new which was uh, Dallas, uh, landed on Dallas and been here now for 11 years. My wife and I got married in February 2020. We like to think that we had the last like big bash before COVID, got married in uh, uh, Mexico. We had uh, friends and family participate. It was just a circus, an awesome time. Then COVID hit and then COVID hit and COVID got the best of my wife and I as we welcomed our daughter in uh, December 2020, which was just an, an amazing experience that, you know, uh, which why we're, we're here today, talk about fatherhood um, and kind of my uh, walking through the door, if you will. And then uh, 18 months later to the day, my wife and I welcomed uh, our baby boy, June 13th, uh, which was just uh, an eye-opening experience, recognizing that, you know, women, are from Venus and men are from Mars. And if you have one of each, uh, hopefully you can share your stories, but I can definitely tell you, uh, boys, boys will be boys as they say. Yeah, that's what I hear, man. I got two girls and my youngest is definitely more, more rambunctious, I guess I would say than my (laughs) oldest, but they're still girls, right? When my, when my friends come over and they bring their sons, it's like, Yo, you want to put a leash on this guy? Like he's climbing up my wall. Like, you know what I mean? I have stairs and they're like jumping from one side of the stairs to the other. I'm like, bro, tighten up, man. Get your kid downstairs. Because as soon as he gets hurt, everybody's going to be looking at me, right? Oh, that's a perfect uh, scenario. So we live in a two-story house. Not a lot of room uh, upstairs or downstairs, but we make do. And when we had our daughter, we never had one of those stair gates, right? Because my daughter looked at that and said, wow, if I fall, I'll probably hurt myself. I don't want to do that. But right. my son, on the other hand, he's like, what? I can hurt myself? Oh, let me go jump. Uh, let me let me go climb these things. Uh, so so really, it's it's just been a, uh, you like to think that, uh, you know, I understand my son better than my wife because I'm a boy and, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a Tasmanian myself. It's like, no, I don't get this kid. <laughs> he's the type of guy that bangs his head on the, you know, the wall. It's like, doesn't that hurt? He's like, I'm going to do it one more time, though. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a wild journey having both. But, yeah, they, uh, they're great. Yeah. He was like, uh, he was like Jordan. He, you guys didn't put up the baby gate. And he was like, oh, and I took that personally. <laughs> they, don't, they don't think I'm going to do it, huh? Okay, all right. I'll show you. <laughs> uh, and, and we have a, um, like an 8 by 8 playpen that we have in our foyer. Literally, if you came to my house, it looks like the discovery zone for kids. It's uh, We got rid of everything that's adult-like. And in the middle of our just family room, 
is is this just gated square <laughs> we put him in it and he's just trying to figure out how to ways to get out he'll start stacking up toys climbing up you know begging his sister to help him i mean he's becoming very creative so it is helping yeah. him with those skills but but there's just no he needs to be in a padded room <laughs> just, that's, that's <laughs> you know I, I saw somebody uh post the other day that we had been using those baby gates wrong and it's not to keep the kids in it's to keep them out like you go inside of it put them on the outside and protect yourself <laughs> it made perfect sense and i saw that too yeah the guy the, the dad's like chilling on the couch and watching yeah TV. <laughs> yeah then they're not begging for snacks they're not climbing on you they just stay on the outside of the gate been doing it all wrong you know it, yeah. it makes sense <laughs> So, so you got two, you got a boy and a girl. Uh, are you guys, are you guys looking to continue to build, build the tribe or, or is two kind of holding you down right now? No, no. Oh man. I could not have gotten snipped fast enough. You <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, reality, we just didn't have good babies. Right. And okay. so we didn't have good babies. My wife and I had our first kid in our mid thirties and, you know, we kind of, we went really quick, right? Got married, where we bought a house, got married, uh, had two kids, and uh, just didn't have this, you know, this, these miraculous babies that slept every time or ate every time. And uh, I'll give you a real life experience because I want people to really understand that I, I don't, I don't underestimate when I say bad baby. Everybody heard a colic or whatnot. Um, so I, about five, six months after my daughter. I kept having this electrical pain in my wrist and it, it was very sporadic. It wasn't just constant. It was, uh, I could high five you dribble a basketball, just shake your hand or pick up a fork. It was electric. So like the first time in like 15 years, I actually go to the doctor and <laughs> the doctor's like this big grizzly old man. He's like 75 years old. And uh, he's like, let me see your hands. He's grabbing it. You know, he's twisting it. He's like, Oh, you have a uh, mommy's thumb. I was like, what? I was like, what's mommy's? I go, doctor, I've been to the hospital in 15 years. Please don't make fun of me. He's like, nah, 99% of the time we see these symptoms in women because they're holding their babies too much. And mm. what it is is nerve. So long story short, I ended up getting surgery on this thing because the pain was excruciating. But it's a testament because my daughter would always cry and we didn't necessarily know what was wrong with her. I remember mornings, nights, afternoons, pushing her in the stroller when like the Texas, you know, snowstorms were, you know, coming down because it was the only yeah. place she would sleep. <laughs> and uh, it, it was a wild ride. But, you know, after six months, uh, something clicked and she became awesome and, uh, you know, really adapted to you know, getting out of the tummy time, the the, the three naps became more of a, a routine with us. And then uh, then things were going good. And then we just had another kid <laughs> who, <laughs> who my son uh, who never slept. And he, he had the uh, he had the symptom of FOMO. It's like when you start putting this guy down, he just feels like he's missing the party. And there's just right. no way you're going to be putting this guy down. Um but after a year, which he just kind of turned, uh, he's been hitting some strides too. But that experience early on, um, I say that confidently because I know there's other parents out there that uh, don't necessarily have the unicorn and rainbow experience with their kids. And it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough, um, it's tough on you individually. It's mm -hmm. tough on you learning 
learning this whole new experience of becoming a parent and then being a husband at that time too. <laughs> it's not like uh, your wife has the ability to get up and start running a marathon, you know, a couple of weeks after giving birth. So you, you've really got to step up in all new ways that you never really had to before, which can make it very daunting for people that don't embrace challenge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I got snipped pretty quickly after our second two. Um, and I, and I, <laughs> I talk to my friends about it all the time and I still got some friends that are like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna do it. And they've been, they've been about to do it for like the last three years. Um, so they're, they're, you know, they're, they're playing with fire. I, I was like, yo, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And not because of our, you know, the post birth, right. Our kids are pretty good post birth. Um, but my, with my first, um, my wife was in labor for like 39 hours. And, uh, so she has a, what they call a, well, it's not what they call it, it is a posterior cervix. So it turns backwards. So yeah. the doctor was telling us if it was like the early 1900s, she would have died in childbirth. There's no way they could have done anything about it. So she ended up having to have a C-section. And then with the second, um, she she had morning sickness from like week three or week, I don't know, let me say, when we figured out we were pregnant, I would say three weeks after that, she had morning sickness the entire pregnancy. Like she's nauseous, sick the whole time. Um, and like, that and obviously that sucks for her right like that's terrible to have to live with that but then like as you say like we're we're partners here we're together and so if she's sick i'm sick you know what i mean now i gotta i gotta cater to her and tend to her and make sure that she's doing okay and and, all, and i was like yo i cannot go through that again either one of those experiences like i don't want to take the chance of losing you obviously i definitely don't want to spend another 10 months with you sick because you're miserable and that i'm miserable i was like yeah uh, i love them both our world is complete. If we need anything else, we'll get another dog. Like we just, we'll be, we'll be okay with the two, man. I just went in and got it done. But I know a lot of guys are hesitant about that. Um, did you, ha and I'll ask you, did you have any, any hesitations in, in going in and, and getting it done? Not a single doubt. <laughs> Not a single doubt. I remember uh, the doctor was like, do you want the laughing gas or no? I was like, how much he's like a buck 50 i was like sign me up i'm good let's roll <laughs> he's like he's like no nah, you gotta come back uh next week for the surgery i was like oh we can't just do this right now <laughs> uh yeah no doubt and um yeah i mean we we had some similar experiences uh, uh you know um my sister-in-law had a very similar you know death threatening uh birth my wife our daughter was like forecasting over 11 pounds uh, with like three, two weeks prior to her delivery date. And the doctor was like, Hey, I know you guys don't want to necessarily do a C-section. You want this natural birth, but if you let this baby get as big as we think this baby's going to be, you might be forced. So they induced her Friday night. We didn't have my daughter until Sunday morning. So that 36 hour time frame, like that's a real, that's a real thing that your wife and woman, a woman goes through to deliver mm -hmm. this thing and it's if you're in that room supporting you know it's not fun for anybody and uh right. you really do you really do need to calculate that in your decision making moving forward because uh you know ha having kids is a blessing but at what extent because there are women that do lose their lives they babies mm -hmm. lose their lives and it's a, it's fascinating to think about what medicine and healthcare has done and the evolution they they've gone through in the last 30 years, because 
they are saving more lives now than ever through those experiences. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's real for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, what's funny is, is, uh, and I will talk about this just a little bit longer and then we can move on. Um, with my doctor, they have like, uh, like you go in, you say you want it, right. They do the consultation. They tell you about it. And then you have to go to classes. You have to go to like two mm. classes on like they you watch a video and like there's all these chances to back out. Like I'm like, no, I just want to get it done. Like I don't want to go to class. Then then you have to like and it's like so it's two weeks out. So you, you go in for your consultation, you go to the class, you go to another class, and then that Friday, uh, you get the you get the, the procedure so that you have the weekend to recover, which I appreciate it. Yeah. But but I was like, yo, it's just can I just get this done? Like, I don't want to say, I don't want the second thoughts. I don't want to, I really don't want to watch this video because these dudes in the video are like, they are not encouraging me to get this done. Right? <laughs> like really every, everything about it was trying to talk me out of it. And I'm like, man, look, I just didn't want to get it done. You had to take a test. It was, it was a whole thing. I'm like, I, I can't, I wonder why it's so extreme to, to get it done. Like what are dudes like, suing the hospital afterwards like oh no i i want to get it reversed or it, it's a deli it's a delicate area right it's it is true of, it's true and i uh i think a lot of guys have the you know the michael scott from the office like snip snap snip snap snip snap <laughs> and uh <laughs> it, yeah it, but it, it was a great decision and um yeah we are we're here now and uh yeah we're excited with two. We're we're a four man team over here. There it is, right? And then you could play man defense. You could play zone. Yeah, like you, yeah. you, you're you're solid, right? You could do pretty much anything now. The third one, and, and all my buddies were like, "Yeah, the the older ones take care of the youngest one." And I'm like, "I'm a third. And I'm like, "Yeah, I did. I guess I did go through that with my siblings. Did kind of like raise me a little bit more than you know your earlier on. And I'm just like, "Yeah, but." Like, how do you even go on vacations? What kind of car do you need? Like, and, and really, you know, the, the journey begins when you find out you're pregnant for the first time. And, you know, my wife in theory was pregnant for three years, like three and a yeah. half years. When you talk about the first to the last and it, like, she, she's like, Hey, I want to get back on my road too. Like, I want to live life where I'm not just this balloon walking around. And I was like, respectfully, I understand. And I get it. Like, you know, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I think, I think there's a lot that goes into it that we as, as men, as husbands, as fathers don't account for like that. I mean, being pregnant for several years has got to suck. Right? Like, like that's not the most pleasant time of your life. Um, and then there's all these identity things that go into it. And, and yeah, so it, it definitely something we ha have to take into account um, as we, you know, as men want to have, we want to have multiple kids and we want a big family. Like, that's that's really cool but your partner also has to kind of endure that that uh period of time yeah they uh you know they always say like couples discuss like whether you want kids you know as you're dating and you're going through kind of that you know let's figure out each other and everyone's like yeah i want kids too but let me tell you that decision can really change based off of how many what your first kids like and your second kids so yeah because i have friends yeah. with like the it's like, wow, props to you guys. Like, that's awesome. And they're great kids, but uh, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I don't want the stress of trying to juggle that many people. Like, that many people, that many, like, personalities and attitudes and schedules and, like, oh, no, I'm good. 
<laughs> it's a lot of soccer games you're driving volleyball games too in the future and uh yeah that's what's really funny too is like i i am pretty vocal about just having two and all my buddies are like you know you're starting a clothing brand about you know fathers and i'm like yeah i know and i'm very i want to be very honest because one of the things that caused the the interest of effort to grow the company was as my daughter my wife was pregnant you know i really wanted to own being a father because it was my first time and i kept going to youtube trying to graduate from all the different you know universities that youtube can provide you of like what's it like you know and and to come to find out during that time of review and evaluation i i just kept learning from women because i couldn't necessarily find a lot of the guy communities out there that were open and honest about the experience of walking into fatherhood and uh that really became the spark that lit the the, the clothing brand because again my goal is to leverage clothing as a vehicle to build a community of moms and dads alike where we can share stories of laughter triumph tragedy like failure uh best practices and you know unfortunately in my opinion it's um, there's all these things that are happening to men and we don't necessarily open up about it, discuss it openly with our friends and family. It's a lot cooler for us to be able to have conversation with people about is LeBron going to play with Bronny in the NBA or is Aaron Rodgers hmm. going to win the Super Bowl? And it's like, where are the conversations of substance, a substance in which that we can learn from and apply in our daily lives? And, uh, you know, I, I just, I did not find anything that really hit home with me until you start building it yourself. And then you learn about communities like yours and others that have been doing this, uh, you know, day in and day out for years. And I think, you know, my goal is to keep providing exposure to the dad communities because I don't think for a long time it was necessarily cool to be a dad. I think mm -hmm. a dad. I think the persona of a dad has evolved over time for sure, but it's always been up to the point of COVID of like, hey, it's if you're a dad, you need to provide for your family. You need to have a successful job that your wife doesn't work and takes care of your kids. You're out the door at 6 a.m. You wear the tie, the starch shirts, you have the mustache and you go out into the workforce. You come home at seven and where's my food? And then the weekends you know, you might be exhausted, you might go play golf. But with COVID, and my argument is there's been this disruption that has allowed dads to look through a different lens of fatherhood. And as an example of myself, I, I work full time in, in IT sales. I've started for fathers on the side. But yet I get to experience the development of all my children, I get to read to them, warm bottles, change diapers, help out with those motherly tasks, if you will. And uh, it's a beautiful thing because the type of response that I'm seeing from my children going through having two parents, um, it's awesome. And not to mention, I'm, we're, we're able to delegate workloads from not my wife handling all that and me taking on new responsibilities. It, it's helped balance out this work-life balance where I hopefully my kids get to feel that type of synergy of, you know, we we're truly providing for them, not just financially, make sure they have walls 
you know, over their head and clothes on their back, but we're giving them an environment in which they, they are being tended to learning from multiple different adults. And uh, yeah, I, I just think, you know, there is, there are these dads out there now that are having children for the first time, or maybe their routine or work schedule has been altered with COVID to be at home doing other things that has allowed them more time with their kids. Um, So yeah, I, I, I think, you know, there's this now obsession with being a great dad that I'm trying to capitalize on and shine light on because, uh, you know, no longer is it cool not to tend to your kids, not know how to feed them or what they need at different ages. Uh, So yeah, it's, I don't know what parenting was like outside of COVID. (laughs) 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 Probably a hell of a lot more challenging. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I, you know what? I, there's something you said there. A couple things, actually. Uh, one, I uh, similar situation, right? I when I was preparing to be a father, I was searching, right, scouring the internet and and going to the library and looking for books and things, and it just I just couldn't find it. And, I'm, and the guys who've listened to the podcast have heard me say this before. Like I just couldn't find what I was looking for. And there was stuff there, right? But like you said, a lot of it was from the lens of a mother or from the lens of a woman, um, or it was it was in relation to a mother or in relation to a woman, like what to expect and you're expecting is about the mother, not necessarily about the father. And so all the stuff that I was finding was like, man, like this is helpful, but it's not helpful, right? Like it, it gives me some insight, but not any real practical stuff that I can use. And so that's why I started talking to other other dads, right? I just start reaching out to guys that I knew and 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 that felt more real, like getting those real answers from them about like, okay, yo, he won't, she won't go to sleep. Like, you know, just ask, asking these questions and getting these answers that I couldn't find anywhere else. And then, like you said, once I started to do more, um, it's like, uh, what they call it? The red, the red car effect, right? You, you, once you get a red car, every car on the road is red. Like it's that reticular activating system right now, all of a sudden you're aware of it. Now that I'm in the fatherhood space and once I put myself in it, I'm like, oh, man, there is this and there is that. And now I realize that now that I can see it all, I need to share it with other people who are on the outside looking in or maybe looking for it. And I think you're right with the pandemic and everyone kind of forced to be home, that disruption kind of forcing people to be more present. I know what happened with me is. I realized like, yo, I could be doing more as a day. And I, I was really intentional about it. Like I was, I would, the fatherhood space, I was in it before the pandemic struck and then it hit and I was like, oh man, I'm kind of coming up short. I, I just get, step my game up. Um, and in a way that I don't think we were doing previously. No. And, and, and thank you for being transparent. Cause you know, one thing that I think is your mission too, is that, you know, you want people to know that they're not alone. And I'll, I'll give you the type of scenario that was real to me. So growing up, I went to all boys school from third through, you know, 11th grade. I, you know, we never, we never did. It was a Catholic school. We never had sex ed. Um, I know what girls were obviously. And then you go to college and, you know, do my twenties or whatever. Um, and then I met with my wife, she gets pregnant and we're discussing, this is in her early on pregnancy. She's like, Hey, I just want to let you know, it's not that I'm going through it right now, but there could be, uh, you know, a time where postpartum hits me and I just want you to recognize that and help me through it. And I'm like, what's postpartum? 
and mm. she looked at me as if I had like four different heads. And I was, <laughs> I was being very sincere. Like what's postpartum? Then, you know, you open up chapter one, you're like, your wife will never be the same. And you're like, Oh shit. Like this is something that she can't even control. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll even backtrack it where your introduction to fatherhood begins in that moment when you learn that supporting your wife through this process is a totally different ball game than you ever could expect and how to be that type of just resource or support that she needs going through this, that she's delivering this baby. Um, it, it's, it, it was so eye opening, and it, I walked into fatherhood so naive thinking that it was just this, Hey, you provide, you take on these things and, and, and then you help grow your kids. But yet, you know, the, I always argue that it to be a better husband is tougher than being a great dad because all those things that are changing instantaneously and you, it's hard to recognize until you're there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I think that that's an important piece there. Well, two things. Let me back up the 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 PTSD of it or that postpartum. Um, I think that's something that gets overlooked a lot as, as, as men and as fathers, we don't, we don't know about it, right? It's just not enough conversation about it. Let's just say that it's not enough conversation about it. So we're, we're ignorant, but not of our own fault. So I did an episode long time ago, and maybe I should come back to it and talk about it a little bit more. But if your wife suffers from postpartum, you're 50% more likely as a husband to suffer from it as well. So it's not just a wife thing men suffer from it as well. And it's more PTSD for us because it's, it's just a traumatic situation. Right. Um, and so guys will go through suppression, they'll withdraw. Um, they, they, or they go into like this hardcore work mode. So they're just away from the house because they don't feel comfortable. Like all these things happen and we don't really know why we can't really put our finger on it because no one's ever given us an idea that this is a possibility. Right. And so like when she tells you about it and you're like, what? <laughs> like, I had never heard about it either. Like I had no idea that this was something that we might encounter. I, I did not know at the 50 percent, but it makes total sense because like, you know, and here's the reality. You, you have such high emotions of love and cherish and like, oh, this is the next chapter of my life. And and truly, you should experience those things because it is a great moment and 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 time. but at the end of the day, you're more of a support resource into your wife. And, and and you must approach the situation. What I learned was like patience and grace. And I have never gone through such a mental state where you really have to alter your thinking of like, you're no longer that person. Like you're no, you really do need to take a step back and Take a take a page out of Daniel Tiger and take ten breaths each and every day before every time you respond, because yeah. um because your wife's you know it's not that she doesn't want to not be her normal self but yet think I mean just think about all the times you've eaten a Chipotle burrito and then you know you had to get that out of your system <laughs> we don't feel the same until the next day imagine a kid you've been growing for nine months and what that all that does to your body and. And again, yeah, you're right. People, it's unfortunate because I think there's there's better things to learn on how to support your wife through pregnancy and then post-delivery that will help set up a better infrastructure to be better parents together. Because 
I don't think you can successfully be great parents if you guys don't have synergy of, you know, togetherness on how you're going to, let's say, coach or mentor these players mm -hmm. and, and kids of ours. Um, and, and, and it's important because, uh, it, it is, it, it was my hardest obstacle and it's, it's ongoing. Um, yeah. uh, but yet, you know, you, you have to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to kind of go back a little mm -hmm. bit. You mentioned, uh, and I know what I, what I kind of took away from it, but I, I want to kind of dive maybe a little deeper into what you said uh, about, you know, it maybe being a little easier to be a great father, but harder to be a, a, a good husband. Um, could you, could you elaborate on that a little bit for us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Because, you know, to be, cause here you are, or here, what I'll give you my experience. I was, I'm working full time, starting a company. Then I have this child who they're being a child for the first time. I'm being a parent for the first time, not sleeping, needs your attention 24 seven, but on the flip end, your wife, who is now recovering, exhausting themselves through breastfeeding, you know, managing the day to day activities because they're still, you know, everybody's still accountable to, you know, still prep meals, go to the grocery store. You know, you still have to take care of the home outside, inside. And now your workload has been 2x. But yet, if you start to break and crack and let's say turn off, hey, I'm here to support or, hey, I want to keep living my own life the same way and not recognizing that my wife also needs my attention. Oh, it, 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 it will come down crumbling so fast where then you're ineffectively being a good parent in those times and really building an environment in which is growing for the children too. Because what's funny is that I think that there's always these channels that we're growing from, whether it's individually, you know, like I'm, I'm a 36 year old guy and I like to think that, you know, I'm evolving individually, but then as a relationship with me and my wife, and then it's okay, me and my wife are now parenting these children. And then the children are going through like, how do I want to be a one on one dad? Um, so being able to recognize that my wife was going to need a lot more of my time and effort and love and patience and grace. That was very, I just didn't know. I didn't know how exhausting pregnancy was or post delivery on managing children. I didn't know what it was like to have these like 30 minute intervals where your only time of the day, things were quiet, you know, and how much could you get done from a laundry, picking up dirty clothes, cleaning the counters, you know, putting the clothes away, things like just those day-to-day -day activities that pre-kids, you feel like you have all the time in the world and you can do them anytime, but yet it, you can't because you got to get things done when you have the ability to get it done. And that's where the challenge became because you were taking on all these new roles and responsibilities to effectively support your home because, you know, I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great father, but to do it successfully, it sucks. You know why it sucks? Cause mm -hmm. it's really, really hard to do. It's just like yeah. getting a good body. If every, if, if it was so easy to get a good body, everybody would have it, but guess what? Right. It sucks to, to limit your diets, your dietary and food that you intake to work out nonstop to do it. And, uh, but yet the reward is so much higher if you're able to discipline yourself. And I, and I think you can take a lot and apply that to parenthood uh, as well. But 
there's just so many things that need to get done and, and it, and it does become on your, sh on your shoulders. And then there's that analogy too. It, it does take a village and mm -hmm. man, does it take a village? We're, we're very lucky to have our, my in-laws, my brother's family. We have a fantastic uh, babysitter who comes and I still vent, which may or may not be justified based on, you know, the scenario I'm in, but I still feel like, I'm overwhelmed at some times. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's because we, we, we want to hold ourselves to a standard too. And mm -hmm. um, that's where the challenge begins is that, you know, you're, 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 you're just a different type of husband now uh, going through right. that process. Obviously your wife will regain the strength and start getting the sleep back. But in those moments, you know, you can't have a short fuse. And, and I think, you know, being, the pace of life that we were accustomed to living was relatively high, you know, things needed to get done, but you know, now in my head, I, I honestly try to prioritize things of like, how big is this? How big is this going to blow back on me? And what's the, what's the significance or importance of it? And to do those yeah. things in split seconds is tough. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it, it definitely is. It definitely is. And, and so what I was, what I got from that when you said it was, was, um, I think especially when kids are little, right? Like there is a lot that goes into taking care of and keeping a, a baby or a toddler or even an infant alive, right? But there's some very core <laughs> basics, right? You make sure they eat, you make sure diapers are changed, you make sure they get some sleep, right? And if you can knock out those three things, you're pretty good, right? There's obviously some other nurturing and things that you should be doing and maybe reading to them and taking them outside for a while. There's, there's all these other things, right? But if you can knock out those three things, you're a pretty solid dad if you can get those three done. But with your wife, it's not just three. Like there's a, there's a whole bunch of things that go into it. And at any one moment, one of them could be more important than the other and only for a split second before it becomes something else. Right. And so, like you said, you have to kind of become a different husband because even if you were a phenomenal husband before the kids come, she's a new person now that she's had a baby. Like you said, she'll never be the same. And so, now you have to recommit yourself to being that type of husband to this wife, right? Because she's not the same wife she was before. And I think that's a lot of disconnect there, right? It's because we're expecting you, like, I'm a dad now, you're a mom now, you just go keep doing what you're doing. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. And we just got a kid, but that's not how it works uh, at all, uh, right? Everybody now is a different version of themselves. And I have to find a way with this version of myself to love you like I love that old version of yourself and support you in ways that I've never had to support you before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I also think, it, and this didn't necessarily happen with us, but I do know it's a real thing, but it's a lot of women sometimes don't feel an emotional um, connection with their child. And just mm -hmm. think about how challenging that could be to a father. And, um, and that would, I think that is a real experience that definitely people hopefully can find support with because I think there was a little bit early on with my son, the second child, because he wasn't necessarily planned as quickly as we thought. So mm -hmm. we, my wife wasn't so uh, willing and, and happy to go through it again. You know, here she is immediately losing the first baby weight. Then she's back up. And yeah. uh, just to kind of hear, and, and we were very open and honest with that, but, but even try like trying to, trying to like, 
it, it instill confidence that hey let's get past this like you're like you of course you love him of course like you're feeling these things and uh as a man, you don't know what that woman is going through. It's not like my wife is okay. She was a teacher in kindergarten. Like, like to fuel her, just give her hugs and kisses. Like with all the, like she <laughs> loves kids and to hear her even say that, like, even yeah. if it was just for like a week or weeks, it, it's something that needs to be addressed. And I know that some men and women go much longer in that time mm-hmm. period. And, and to me, it was so hard to rationalize like, yo, this is our son. Like we, of course we'd love him to death. And, uh, but you know what? It is real not to feel those things and uh, not being prepared of knowing that that could be an outcome. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's where, you know, some men probably get overwhelmed and they walk away. They're like, I don't need to handle this. They would go get more obsessed with their job. They would go, you know, stay in the gym for six hours or mm-hmm. go wherever, not be home. And that's just the wrong way. I mean, that's the wrong, that's the wrong approach for that right. or anything to it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But I think because there isn't enough conversation about the possibilities and there isn't and 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 in general a lot of emotional intelligence for us as fellas, we don't know how to hand, one, we don't know how to handle how we're feeling about it, right? And then two, like if I can't handle how I feel about it, I'm not going to be able to handle how you feel about it. So, let's just not feel anything at all. <laughs> like yeah. let's just pretend it's not happening. I'm going to go do you. The, I'm gonna, sorry, I'm going to go do me. You do you. Kids will grow up. They'll be fine. Like, we'll be all right. And, and we kind of like just sweep it under the rug a little bit. But having these conversations and having, you know, having guys be able to hear that, right, that maybe are experiencing it or ha- or, or maybe could potentially experience it uh, or have experienced it, be able to be like, yeah, this is this is a real thing. Um, and so how do I approach it? What do I do? Like, you know, just kind of having an idea that is possible. Uh, I think is definitely yeah. beneficial. Yeah, because like, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, man, we're we're this macho. You know, we have egos. We're very masculine, and you know, I think it took me some time to even just admit that this was a thing. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like come on, like if you're, I understand you're tired and you're going through all these things, but like, come on, get up. Like, we got to clean the house. We got to do these certain chores. Like, th- those don't stop. Like, come on, and. uh but man, when you're in it and you're seeing that your, you know, your companion who who wants to give full hundred percent each and every day just physically cannot, like you really do have to take a step back and acknowledge that you don't know everything that's going on, and right, and that's where you know approaching things, being more patient with grace, and you know a little bit more humility, and and that's what I try to focus on as I continue to learn these obstacles and challenges, like, yo. I damn well don't know everything. Hmm. And uh, I, why would I expect someone else to? And um, yeah, because it, 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 there are certain things that you can do that would be detrimental to your relationship, your parenthood. But then there's also things that you can figure out and learn from others that have already gone through it that you then can quickly apply that will strengthen your household, strengthen your bonds, because you will be that soundboard, that resource that strengthens your, your wife, gives her confidence and uh, to go out and to keep, you know, nourishing herself, getting better. So, you know, it's, it, if you, like you said, if you neglect it, it will get swept under the rug and it will present Mm -hmm. itself 10 times uglier than it ever did. Or you can hit it head on, learn and, uh, you know, educate yourself and, and learn from others to get better. 
Yeah, yeah. Just, just like so, we do, that's what's yeah. It's like and just like everything else in life, what men will do. Like if you're trying to learn a sport or get better at your job, you always ask other people. And why would we not ask for help in parenthood, which there is no textbook uh, for? Everybody's learning, going through it their first time. Why would we not? And and that is the barriers in which I know that you are trying to do with your community, what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. with my community, because. Uh, if we're not learning from our past and getting better for the future generations, it will just crumble as a society, which is, which is sad. Right. I think there is a stigma around, uh, and, 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 and sometimes rightfully so just because of all of the things that come from absentee fatherism or, or bad, bad, quote unquote, bad fathers, Debbie dads, things like that, that there's a stigma around being a bad parent right like nobody wants to be a bad dad nobody wants to be a bad parent and so if we get a feeling like we might not be doing those quote-unquote good dad things then we are ashamed of it right and so we don't say anything to anybody we don't ask questions because if i ask him a question about how to be a dad the assumption is is that i don't know how and that i'm not good at it and so i'm just going to struggle with it right i'm just going to try to figure it out and you know, my kids will be what they will be, you know, and I'm just going to do what I can and, and, you know, hide it from the world. Which, which is the worst thing is to not do nothing. And right. that's where some men will walk away or, Hey, I didn't have a good dad. He never loved me the way some of my friends' dads loved them. So I'm going to have a kid and you know what? I survived. I'm okay. Like I can do it just like my dad. And that that is the worst thing ever um because if we can't change the outcome of what we've learned from that's that's awful i mean i I didn't grow up in the brady bunch right and uh you know i didn't necessarily have and still to this day don't have a great relationship with my father but that's okay that's not what that's not the type of father i want to be i mean somebody asked me the other day was like at 36 right now and, uh, just, you know, if I ask you, how's your relationship with your dad, what would be your answer? You know, I answered the question, but then it's like the flip question was when your son's 36 years old, what do you want him to think of you as a dad? Mm. And it's, it, that just kind of hit home. It's like, well, I hope it's not the same response that I had about my dad. <laughs> I hope right. it's much better. Right. And, um, that does take time. And if, if you don't come with a sponge mentality of, you're here, you're seeking information and learn, um, or you can just walk in like, Hey, I can do the bare minimum. We're all going to survive. Nothing. No one's going to die. And that's okay. Like I get it. I have friends like that, unfortunately. And that's cool. Like I don't look, I don't look down at them. I, I still just, I have one dude to look at in the mirror and it's me at the end of the day, I'm either happy with myself or not. And, um, I, I just hope and and wish that we continue to get better at this. The most, most important chapters of our life is, uh, is providing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think we're, we're, we're both saying that the, the the power of community is, is huge, right. To be able to ask and, and, and seek and, and also like have people push you, encourage you like, like, Hey, you could be doing better do this, go do that. Right. Asking those questions and getting those responses and as well as getting that nudge to go get it done. Um, 
so you you guys have a, a community the the database which i really like like it's it's a little bit of everything right there's there's some some recipes and some grilling stuff uh yeah. there's some sports stuff uh, i don't golf and i told you before i got to get into it you know i got to get my golf game together um there's some parenting stuff which i think is really cool there's lawn care typical dad stuff right um and then there's like funny memes like i think it's a great great community because it kind of gets all of the things uh that we would consider dad centric um the things that we are maybe stereotypically do like grill and, and cut the grass um but then <laughs> but then also some cool parenting and emotional intelligence and, and you know some of those other other uh maybe less tangible things that go into fatherhood so what do you want to talk about uh, the database a little bit yeah, because I think the majority of this conversation is surrounded of like the emotional aspect of a fatherhood. Uh, and then there's on the flip side, a tremendous amount of others of, of what you're doing in the house and outside of the house to support a home. I mean, that's how I look at fatherhood. It's it's not just, you know, being able to hold your children and dress them and, and teach them. But, you know, being this this individual who's providing and building um, a, a, a real infrastructure for your children to learn from and then to mm -hmm. go out in the world and to execute it. And, and what's funny is when COVID hit, you know, we bought our first house and mind you, I had never used tools, you know, never cared about mowing a lawn, never had a lawn. It was my first home. And, right. uh, and, you know, so then there's these certain responsibilities that you have to take on and embrace as a dad. You know, I was watching videos. I mean, as elementary as learning how to forward the drill or reverse the drill, I had no idea how to hook in certain um, parts to tools, you know, never had done anything. Then through COVID, you know, I started taking down, um, put installing fans, TVs, took down my entire fence, extended it, uh, did the whole raised garden thing, started paying attention to the, the nourishment and nitrogen that has to go into your soil. I mean, yeah. I, I just kind of, I became obsessed with it because like, I just wanted, I know, I know that if I were, let's say I were able to help my children in only a few aspects of life, I can teach them how to say please and thank you. I can teach them how to play sports. And I wanted to be a much more, much bigger resource to them and giving them tips and tricks on many different things, whether it been grilling or how to install a fan or to take care of their lawn and how to make a, a traditional old fashioned, really paying attention to more of the details. So then I'll equip them with necessary skills that they can go out into the world and just be that much better than I was, you know, I don't want to call myself a one trick pony, but there was just so many other things that I was lacking education in that when I became a, a homeowner, a husband and a father, I wanted to take on and learn because I knew I was going to be instilling those virtues and values back to my children, which was mm -hmm. important thing. Um, so, you know, with that, the database really is is our community a, a, a database of information that if you did go through a similar journey like myself, which I would say 80% of men do, like I'm not, I'm not rare by any means. I'm pretty <laughs> at a quote. Um, but yeah, like to, to, to give them necessarily knowledge to learn from and go uh, use, I, I thought was really important. So it, it's, it's, that is my, 
bigger than clothing brand opportunity because I want to be a one-stop shop for men and women to really embrace the parenthood and also share from one another because that's the only way we'll get better. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's some good stuff on there, man. I, I definitely suggest that guys get, get in there and check it out. Like I, I remember just similar to you um, getting on YouTube and I can't remember the channel now, but it was like stuff your dad should have taught you. And it's just like a guy just teaching you how to do stuff. And I was like, there's, there's like little stuff where I needed to know that I was like, I could call my dad and ask him, and you know maybe he'll answer and maybe he won't he's busy he's at work and or i could just hop on youtube and, and and you know youtube university and learn this stuff and then and then here was the cool part is like then i would talk to my dad later that weekend and be like oh yeah man i uh i you know i swapped out the the spark plugs in the in the in the cars he'd be like oh man really he was like yo how did you you know what i mean like now i sound cool right like <laughs> like yo i it was like, it's, I don't know where you thought I learned that at, Dad. Like, you didn't show me how to do that. But, you know, it's cool that we could share. <laughs> we, have a, we have a shirt called Pop the Hood. And I always say it's the lights you never want to see come on come on in your car. Because no yeah. one has a clue what they mean. And and you can call your dad. But there's only like one dad out of ten that actually knows what those lights are and what they mean. You know? And I'll even argue, it's like, how many how many dads teach their kids, like, how to change a flat tire? You know? It's, right. And, and these sort of things that, you know, how to read a tax form, you know, how to read a, your, your energy bill to see if you're not getting screwed over. Right. And right. there's, there's just so much to learn and condense in a short amount of time that we have here. And, you know, hopefully what, what I'm doing is instilling the, the mindset of learn, right. Always, mm -hmm. always, always cool with not knowing that you don't know, but don't accept not knowing. Because you really do need to apply yourself, and at the end of the day, you know, all if if I can do it, you can do it, and that's the type of like, oh, if my dad did this, like I'm gonna one up him, right? Mm. I, I I want I want to learn, you know, I want to go build a house now with my bare hands. My my dad showed me how to use the tools. What can I go do, all right? Um, and I think that just type of appetite starts at a very young age. Like it's crazy. Um, cause I do do like a lot of chores in the house. Like, I got, I guess I'm type a, and I like, you know, I like a clean house. Hey, <laughs> bad, bad on me. And it's funny too. Cause like at like the most exciting times in my kids' lives are trash night when we have to get all the trash cans together, put them in and then trash day when they see the garbage guy. And then every night we all kind of do the chores together. And mind you, my kids are two in one and, right. and it, I can film videos of this. And I think I have them, but like my kids get very upset when they don't, when they can't clean the floor after dinner, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but, but we're kind of just teaching them and nourishing them and, and it's not by force. And I think if we can do more of that early on, that it, it, it will just spill into them. Like my daughter, like, honestly, the pun, the punishment for my daughter, and this is a true story. We tell her that we won't read her books. Like she will flip out and go insane. And I'm like, wow like that's a punishment like okay okay like this is great right let's keep it right <laughs> yeah but 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 i think about like that wasn't an overnight mentality for her to to be upset it mm -hmm. she saw my wife reading books and then we started reading to her and now my son's becoming very familiar with that process and uh you know it, it it's so easy to not do certain things but 
I, my mentality is I'm just going to black out for the next like five years and, and mm-hmm. be miserable. Cause it, it is so tough of, you know, I argue and I don't want to go down a soapbox, but I argue by nature in our DNA, human beings, like we're, we're selfish, right? Like we, we, we want the, we want the best things the easiest way. It's just true. Right. If I gave you a million dollars, would you accept it? Yeah, of course. Um, and, and to give so much to other people that can't really discuss any, there's no conversations that you're really having. They can't, they can't pay rent. They can't work. You know, you're not really getting much out of them other than these bills, changing their diapers, the throw up, you know, the, the hissy fits, the temper tantrums. And yet you have to stay cool because Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's our responsibility now to be that father figure that you either can own it or you can run from it. And, uh, I've, I've, I've learned enough from, you know, the hard knocks that I usually try to go learn first. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So, man, we, we've talked about a, a ton of stuff now up to this point, you know, we talked about some, some postpartum, we talked about the, the brand, we've talked about all kinds of stuff, but if you, if you could narrow it down, right. If we, all the stuff that we've talked about, if you narrow it down to maybe a few words or maybe a phrase, or maybe even just a, a little sentence that you put together as, as maybe a message to fathers who are, who are listening to the podcast, what would you, what would you want them to hear? You're not alone. Drink a lot of whiskey. Uh, (laughs) um, And, and, um, and surround yourself with individuals that you trust that you want to mirror. And that could be uh, an older mentor or hopefully even your own parents and, and really, really focus on what matters. And I think what helped me, which sounds so cliche, but I did it. I wrote down what the dad I want to be and how I want my kids to perceive the dad that I am. And hopefully I'll be able to take out that piece of paper when my kids are old enough to articulate their response. And in that moment, I'll know whether or not the time I put in was 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 good time and Hmm. i think we must set goals so i I encourage people to either video yourself put it in little diaries um and 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 keep benchmarking where you are and i think that's important because not a lot of the time does life allow us the opportunity to really write down who we want to be um, as a, as an, as a father, as an individual, like, sure. You, you could say, I want to, you know, I want to play football at D one. Then I want to go to the NFL, do the, do those certain things. Just what kind of dad you want to be. So expose yourself and, and learn, learn how long 30 minutes can be and how much you can get done it. Cause usually that's all you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You definitely have to be efficient with your time. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I was listening to something the other day and I, I want to give the person credit, but I can't remember uh, who it was, but he was talking about, you know, figuring out if you're a good character man or if you want to be a good character man, husband, father, whatever title you put after good character. And he was like, well, you have to envision what that man is. Um, and then you you go be him. Not like you are him. Right. Because that's something you're a goal that you're striving for. But like 
in life and day-to-day situations, you show up as that person. Like, what would that person do? Like, like the bracelets that you have, like, what would Jesus do? Like, what would, yeah. what would that, that father that you want to be, what would he do in this moment? Right. Or, yeah. or if you had a mirror, right. In that moment, and you're looking at yourself as something is happening, are you showing up as the man that you say you want to be, or as the father that you say you want to be? And you're always kind of reflecting uh, on that. And then, like you said, benchmark it, right. Celebrate the fact that you've accomplished a little bit of a goal, benchmark it, and then figure out, okay, now what adjustments do I need to make from here to continue to get to where I want to be? I think that's really huge. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great way. And in fact, now I want to take back my answer and say, you know, to remind (laughs) others, I want to remind others too. It's like, yo, you're not your dad, right? You don't have, you don't have to have the same outcome that you, that maybe you experience. And, and, and mind you, I mean that two-folded where if you're if you had a bad experience with your dad you don't have to go down that path and just because you had a great dad doesn't mean that you have to apply less effort because you've had this great experience i mean it's it's clock in and never clock out kind of job where mm-hmm. you're on 24 7 and and it's even like small things that i've i've learned too as my daughter is just becoming much more observant but like I rarely try to like drink around my kid um, like regularly. Right. Like I'm, I'm trying to learn on what, how they perceive what mm-hmm. I do and it, because they're just not there yet. So how can I eliminate right. certain things where they're just not like, Oh, this is the norm. So you can, you can rewrite your story many times. And uh, yeah. I just, I, cause I do see a lot of people going down that path. It's like, Oh, my dad sucked. He, so I'm going to suck too. Whatever. Yeah. 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 That's funny that you, you mentioned, uh, the trying not to drink around your kids. So I'm a, I'm a cigars and whiskey kind of guy, right? Like if I take some time to myself, like I'll, I'll get a cigar and some whiskey, I'll go in the backyard, but I've always been very conscious about like making sure my daughters aren't seeing me for whatever reason. Right. My parents both smoked and I don't like smoking. So I, you know, I try to not smoke around them or whatever. Um, but one day I, I go out in the back and I, you know, they were upstairs playing or something. So I wasn't really paying attention to where they were, but then I'm, so I'm in the back. Um, and my wife texts me, she's like, Hey, your daughters are freaking out. And I'm like, what? So I call, I call her, she's inside the house. I'm outside the house, but I call her and she's like, yeah, they saw you smoking. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's a cigar. It's no big deal. And they're like, no, they've never seen you do it before. And they know that smoking is bad. And like, they're freaking out like daddy smokes. Oh my God. I'm like, oh man. So I, I had yeah. to put it out, come inside and have a conversation with them. And, you know, just because they, from all they know from like school and, and all the things you say, like smoking is bad. You shouldn't smoke. And then they see me doing it. And it's like, Whoa, wait a minute, dude, you said this, this was bad for you and that you can get cancer and all these things. And they're freaking out. Yeah. And, um, it, and you know, there's going to come a point in time when my children ask me certain questions about my life and, you know, I've always gone back and forth on how I would address those questions. You know, are you brutally honest? Um, are, do you not tell them the truth? Uh, do you, are you, do you leave out important details in order to make yourself look better? And the more I think about that time frame and that conversation, I thought more and more of like, I'm doing that conversation now. I'm starting the preparation on how I'm going to address those answers on the way I talk to my children early on. Like, for example, yesterday, you know, my, for my daughter to kind of act out now, I mean, she's two, like terrible twos, I get it, but like, it's still very rare for her to like 
act out. She's a very great, she's a great, wonderful girl, great daughter and sister. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she was acting out and I, and I said, you know, let me just take her aside and let me just have a conversation. And I expressed to her, I said, Hey, I want you to know through life, you're going to go through so many experiences that are going to be new to you. I want you to know that you always can come to me and talk about anything. And the way a two-year-old looked at me and responded, like, yeah, she's my daughter. And, but just the way I believe, I truly believe that she felt in that moment, she knew I was very honest and she's going to trust me if I continuously condition that relationship the same way of just being transparent. Cause I asked her, I said, you know, you've been sick for a couple of days. Like, you know, she kind of threw up a couple of times, which was rare. And uh, I was like, Hey, like what's wrong? She's like, daddy, my belly's hurting. And I was like, belly's hurting. Like often every, every day, every day. She's like all the time, every day. And just to, I'm like, okay, now I understand why you're fussy and frustrated. Like use your words. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I see those conversations obviously changing throughout time, you know, right. <laughs> whether, you know, whether they smoke pot for the first time, you know, they, you know, get it, whatever, arrested, uh, fought at school, whatever. But to have that trust, like that, that's where the true job is, is how do you, maintain that relationship where your kids will never lie to you, steal to you, that you can be that liaison that they trust with all their fears and nightmares and, uh, you know, to give them a safe place. Um, mm -hmm. that's why it happens early on. And, and, and hopefully I'm, I'm approaching that correctly. Yeah. 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 Well, let, let's, let's stay there. Right. Like you, you gave a message that you want to give to fathers. If there was a message that you wanted to give to your children, uh, what, what would that best be? What would you want them to hear? Uh, I'm figuring it out. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying hard and it may seem like, uh, you know, we do have failures at times and, and success at others, which has been great. But, um, you know, I, I think when I look back and, and hopefully in the future, my kids can remember this time frame or be so shocked that I was able to do what I'm doing that they never felt the stress or concern that we were ever going to be, you know, had to sell our home that we had to move, you know, in with other people, our parents or friends that we really built a foundation that they continuously grew on. Um, mm. And one of the things that my wife and I do, and we've done it since she got pregnant, but every month we do a video with our kids now, but it's like a check-in call of like, what's going on in the world? Who, who, how are my kids developing? You know, are they walking, crawling? Are they talking? Um, and then it, it's a check-in with the parents too. And I go back and review those, you know, when I'm on the airplane, whatever. And it's just amazing to think of just the transition we've gone through and, uh, the tough times and the good times. But, um, yeah, I, 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 hopefully my one day, when I tell my kids that I had, uh, we were at home, uh, had two kids under two, I had a full-time job and started four fathers. I mean, hopefully four fathers is still going <laughs> when they're grown up. Uh, but they can just, they, they can be shocked and then go out and say, all right, my dad's, my dad did it here. How can I improve off of that? Um, mm -hmm. and have that mentality that, you know, your dad was a grinder and there's no excuses on, you know, if you're going to do it, put your name on it.
So that's there you go. Hopefully, my children know that that you're only as good as your word and your integrity. Not not the Tony Montana way, but you know, similar. <laughs> <laughs> similar concept, less machine guns and frogmen, and uh... <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Look, I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I think that, uh, what you're doing with, with forefathers is, is awesome. Um, not only, not only the amazing polos because they are amazing and there's other things too. There's, there's hoodies and other, other things that you guys have. Um, but like I said, the, the community, the database is full of great stuff that I don't know where else you find it. Um, I've obviously been in this and, and you, if you find it in a bunch of different places, right. And so if you want to, you know, you want to bookmark seven different uh, blogs, then you are more than welcome to. Uh, but you can also just get into the database and find all these things that that are, are that resonate and that work for you. Um, but I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Like I, I know how busy even trying to get to this point uh, was. Um, so I really, really appreciate you taking the time and sharing with us today. Uh, and I, I know I'm going to take away something from it. I always do. Um, and I'm sure the guys are going to take something away from it that they can build on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Um, it's, it's a great honor to, you know, be introduced to your community. Um, and, you know, don't ever, don't forget to not look in the mirror and, and congratulate yourself on what you've built. And I know uh, just by doing my due diligence on, you know, your journey from social and some of the content you have out, you're doing remarkable things, right? And uh, bringing people together is so important. And uh, it, it is hard. And, and, and I don't want to ever undermine or diminish how hard it is to build a community. And you've been doing it for a while. So uh, I'm very thankful to be part of this, uh, you know, participant on your podcast, your platform, because uh, I know a lot of the men that follow you are very similar to the ones that are wearing our clothing. And, you know, uh, hopefully we can build a brand in which people recognize that, you know, it's not for everybody. It's not. Mm. I mean, I'll admit that full blown, but the ones that do wear it and own it, there's a little bit of a kind of a, you know, hey, like I, I get who you are by the clothing that you wear. And mm -hmm. I know that you're a dad and you want to be damn good at being a dad because you're going to you're wearing the clothing like a badge of honor that represents right. dads all around the world. So uh, thank you for this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I what I like about the and I've never had the uh, the opportunity to rock a mullet. But like a polo with tacos on it is like the polo part of it is like business. But the tacos say, yo, I like to party. You know what I mean? Like it just it's still fun. Right. Like I, and that's what I really like about it. Like I, I uh, a couple weeks ago, I, you, we had like the one with the pizza on it. And I was like, hey, you know, this is this is really nice. Like it feels good, but it's also fun. And it looks like, you know, from a distance, you can't really tell that it's pizza until you get close. So I look like I'm I'm dressed semi-professionally. I'm like, oh, this is nice, man. I like this. Yeah, you know, uh, real quick, you know, I, I always say besides Christmas, everyone's favorite holiday is Halloween because they get to dress up into the character in which that best represents them, whether it's a Marvel comic, a scary ghost. And, you know, I like to think of the clothing that it is a beaver trap as, you know, from afar, you're like, oh, it looks like a pretty cool thing. And you get closer and closer. The design presents itself. And then you align it to those dad isms, you know, Taco Tuesdays. I'm wearing our new down downhill for all the bikers. But, you know, meat sweats, that's a real thing. Uh, you know, pizza night for when mom does wine night, you know, dad calls the yeah. pizza guy, you know, you got, you got beer me for all those happy hours. And then, you know, we got polos too, like turf dad. There's a passion right. of people that love their lawns. So I like to think it's men collectively thinking and deploying all the isms, but it, it is fun. 
because people then can associate the design with like, Rod, I'm going to assume that you like tacos, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. right? Uh, and that's where I think where I'm trying to provide the opportunity for strangers to meet and instantaneously through our name, forefathers, you can assume that a dad has kids, embraces it, and then per pertaining to the design of like what their interests are. So hmm. I think there's there's layers to the the overall concept. But uh, you know, thank you very much for supporting and allowing me on today. Yeah, absolutely. So now, before we go, if, if guys are wanting to reach out to you, if guys are wanting to to get get polos, get hoodies, or they wanted to get to the dataverse, uh, what what how would they go about doing that? I well, I definitely want them using your unique promo. I think it's fit uh, forfeit or father. I think it's like for twenty percent mm -hmm. off. So you can definitely leverage that. Um, our handle is shop forefathers for Instagram, TikTok. Our website is shopforefathers.com. That's because forefathers.com is very expensive and we are starting. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you reach out. I mean, as you can see behind me, um, I, I'm doing this all out of my house. I am our customer service, operations, marketing, sales guy. Uh, so take an opportunity to email me at um, either hello shop forefathers or scriv at shop forefathers because, uh, you know, I, I live it and uh, I'm always down to have conversations that embrace, you know, the do it all dad, because it's amazing the responsibilities and, and love and, and success and fails. Like it, it's just, there's nothing else like it. It's not like winning a big right. game on Friday night. It's uh, there's not a lot of us. There's no, there's no scoreboard. There's no uh, compensation. And uh, at the end of the day, it's the most important job. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is 100% the most important job. Like it is, there's no other title that you will ever get that will top it. Um, and so it's super important that we embrace it and, and wear it, like you said, like a badge of honor. All right, man, I'm, I'm going to let you go so you can go enjoy the rest of your day uh, or get back to work or, or whatever you have going on. Um, I have to uh, I have to go take a call and and hopefully put out a fire. <laughs> um, and uh then i gotta go pick up my kids because they get out early today so i am uh i'm gotta i gotta get going get running and go make some things happen so i appreciate you again taking the time and uh i'll, I'll be reaching out to you soon hey Brad, thanks a lot man absolutely